Welcome, everybody, to the Seattle Sports Union. My name is Abraham Dewey's back again with the Ram, Richard A. Michelson. And on the boards is Brian, the Soul Man. So, like, we have two very special guests this week. One is former NCAA champion of the 1991 uh, University of Washington Huskies in Donald Jones. And the other is the executive director of the 1861 NIL, that's Name, Image, and Likeness uh, uh, website. And her name is Kat Clark. Welcome to the both of you. Welcome. Thank you. Thank well, you. thank you. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, just, just a quick, just a quick uh, note to all those listeners out there. That's, that's right. We got some new music this week, uh, and actually for the next year, and that's from Eric Blue and the Soul Review here in Seattle, Washington. So, thank you to those guys for uh, providing us with the music, and let's get this on the road. We're talking name, image, and likeness. Two unique perspectives. One from Cat Clark, who is, like I said, the executive director of a non-for-profit group focused on helping the athletes at University of Washington, uh, and that is Kat Clark. And then, again, former edge rusher for the University of Washington Huskies and former NFL player, by the way, one Donald Jones from the 91 championship team. All right, let's get started here. Name, image, and likeness. Was it about darn time that this happened? What do you guys think? Don? <laughs> Well, well, I, I, I told somebody um, a few a few months ago I want my um, NIL reparations, you know. So, you know <laughs> we, you know, we we want we were the top team and we didn't make any money at all. So I'm like, man, we we got to go back in time and, and try to you know re re revisit that a little bit. But uh, but yeah, we we're a little bit ahead of our time, I think, you know. And uh, but you, but yeah, you knew this is this is coming. You can kind of tell the way that players were were fighting, you know, and going to the courts and, and suing the NCAA and you, you knew something was on the horizon, you know, and and lo and behold, you know, it it, it definitely is a, a lot of you can see a lot of guys taking advantage of it now, you know, but but you know, with that part of it is a good thing, I think. That's awesome. And Kat, uh people don't recognize this or may not be aware of this. Uh, that you actually were a star swimmer for the Huskies back in the day. Back in yeah. uh, 1982, uh, the NCAA added uh, women's swimming as a sanctioned sport, and you got in at the beginning of that. So yeah. there was uh, – you also, as a former athlete, uh, uh, you didn't get in on that NIL money when uh... – No, no, <laughs> I didn't. No, I swam for the Huskies for 81 to 85. And a four-year varsity letter winner and school record holder and uh, scholarship athlete and all those things. And I say all the time that that scholarship saved my life, gave me this wonderful life I have now, and I am ever so grateful to have it. So everyone at 1861 NIL is a former student athlete. Uh, so that's one of the things that we did. But to answer your question, um, I think that the NIL world and the NIL rules coming down from the NC2A, and for the listeners out there, I'm a 31-year practicing attorney here in Seattle and I'm a litigator focusing on trial and appellate work, although kind of trying to get away from uh, trial work and more into appeals now. So right before the NIL rules dropped, the NC2A case came out, or came, dropped from the United States Supreme Court that said that the NC2A is subject to antitrust laws. Five, everyone's swirling with that, and then five days later, the NC2A drops it. Well, here are NIL rules. There are none, have at it. And you know, frankly, what it, I think it did is it partially or it is an attempt to even the playing field because we know certain schools and certain Southern conferences have been at this for forever to say nothing of somebody in Ohio. Um, 
and it gave those of us who like, yeah, I'm, I'm still talking about chicken recipes, sorry. Uh, and, um, that, um, that it kind of just tried to make it at least more fair. Um, and the, as with all things, um, the rules are changing. So yeah, I think it was just recognizing what was going on anyway, so let's do it. So um, since we just dived right into policy here, here's, uh, here's my question. Can we get the NCAA video games back, please? <laughs> So someone over there is uh, still bitter for the last 10 years. I'm, the... I'm, like that's the my biggest thing about the, like all like this whole fight, right? Like for, forget, um, forget like, all the players, forget all the men no, and women. The players don't matter. No, it, like, it's your personal gratification it, for video games that we have my, to discuss. Absolutely. But I'm sorry, my like guests, a big I, I money apologize. channel, a potential money channel for the players is their name, image, and likeness. It's this, this is one of the things that um, the courts like smacked them down about was like, Hey, you're, you're basically making digital copies of these players, copying their abilities, and and then profiting from them with nothing going to them, and they have rights. And so, um, that was the I, I, I know it's like the Wild West. Um, that was the O'Bannon I, brothers, I, right, from UCLA. Yeah, I they think got so. this all started. Like I mean, a like, ago. gosh, that's like what ninety five. Oh, maybe 20 years ago. Yeah, we yeah. were on like that. Fact, we were on uh, our national championship team was was on that video on one of the last video games there. Oh wow, yeah. And, um, mm -hmm. They had all our name. You know, I, I remember I remember I used to play with myself. Play, play with them. You know, when, we, when <laughs> I played. That didn't sound be, good. Be careful. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I, Brian, edit that last part, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I ahead, play myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's a video game. So you need to edit that part out. Did you get any money? You didn't yeah, get any money yeah. for that, did you? Though, right? <laughs> no. Donald, you didn't get any no. money for that, right? I'm sorry. Say it again. Oh, you did not receive any money for your. No. Man, no. that's crazy that we allowed that. I think um, Ed O'Bannon yeah. um, filed a lawsuit. Yep. On that case, but. I never got anything, uh, you know, I never got, I never, I never even, I read, I saw, I read about it in the newspaper. So that's the first time I heard about it. There was, yeah, there was a class action and the settlement um, emails and letters went out. And I think you could have recovered somewhere around $5,000, but the period to, to make application for that has expired like six or seven years ago now. So, yeah, yeah. I never, I never knew about it till after the fact. You're not the only <laughs> so, one. So, a follow-up question on the legal thing with NIL, right? And yeah. the Supreme Court ruling. And then now also the transfer portal is like this insane uh, merry-go-round of recruitment that never ever existed. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw it to Don. Like, what, what do you think about this um, as a, as a former player? Um, like, as far what, do, what do you think of the new, the new ecosystem that exists now all of a sudden? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a total different world now. I mean, it's it's um. I mean, on on one sense, you're happy to see the players able to t take advantage of it, but but in another sense, it's just total chaos. You know, I mean, it, it needs to be somehow. You know, it'd be great if the, it could be managed some way to where it's not like the wild wild west stuff. You know, where, where everybody just free for all and you know because of the, you know because I think it's gonna be it's gonna be some. Um, consequences i think in some cases i think it's going to you know um i can see some of the kids now i 
I know because I cover high school sports, and I and I know um, players that that came out of college that had great potential, and you know it seems like their goal was just to make NIL money and not NFL money, so to speak, or 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 or, or, or do something that's going to be sustainable. And um, and I think some kids get caught up in this business game, and they don't they're not they're not ready for that type of money, you know, and. Um, and some kids wind up getting hurt in the long run because that's all they focus on. You know, they're transferring. They're, okay, well, let me call this school up to see if they can give me an extra 100000 You know, I mean, it's like it's like some of these kids are just playing games now, you know, you know, and, um, and, and it's ruining their careers. You know, it might, and they're sacrificing the quick buck for something that's going to be more sustainable for the rest of their lives, like education and also a chance to play in the NFL. Kat, it sounds like your foundation, the 1861 uh NIL Foundation is working to assist young people uh, with exactly yeah. what Dawn's talking about. Can you go into that a little bit? You know, that's exactly our target. And that's a really good point, Don. I think the portal is where many athletic careers go to die. I mean, yeah. Brian and I know of one young man who did that and lost his, his athletic career. We won't say who, but we both know him. And so, um, right, so 1861 NIL is we're doing two kinds of things. One, we're going to do football camps or gymnastics camps or tennis camps. Our goal is to provide a camp opportunity for every team and every athlete at the University of Washington who wants one. And what we are, our purpose is, is to pay them to go back to the communities that sent them to Washington so they can give back and teach kiddos about their sport and get skills. So that's one aspect of what we're doing. We also do something called the dog derby, which is a fishing derby. The annual inaugural dog derby was last year. Um, it's gonna be on July 14 and 15 at the Port of Everett and a little do up at the Tulalip uh, Casino. Mr. Jones, do join us. It's gonna be fun and we'll go fishing. And I think maybe we'll even have a who can come up with the biggest fish tail because <laughs> we came up with all kinds of fun stories last year. And then the other aspect of it, since about, I don't know, I've been a quiet volunteer up at the athletic department since about 2000. And in 2006, my life partner, Mark, and I started mentoring uh, student athletes and coaches. And then in 2009, I started taking interns in my office. The large majority, like 95% of the people who come to work for me are student athletes at the UW. Having been there and done that, I'm pretty flexible about workout obligations and school obligations because the purpose of an internship isn't to make me money, it is to actually teach and pay it forward. So we're going to drop what we've been doing in the internship, which has, you know, a legal part to it, kind of an entrepreneurial part to it, and a leadership part to it, and drop that into the NIL space. And so I'm working on, I think I know who my two interns are going to be this summer. Very excited. They'll be two footballers again. Um, and we're going to take that and, you know, show our guys and girls how to set up a website. And how to get a t-shirt designed. I'm wearing Devin Culp's t-shirt from last year from his camp in Spokane. Nice. Devin has such great swag. Um, and how to sell that and how to promote yourself. And through that, they'll learn social skills. Um, and, and, you know, what it's, how to incorporate and what about taxes from people who do it. You know, there's the great NIL education group, which I'll loosely call over at the University of Washington. Um, I think it's Jamal Watson. Is Jamal's last name Watson at the UW? He's just great. He's just got that thing dialed in. Here we're going to take it from a practitioner's point of view. And the other thing we're going to do is talk about everybody's chapter two. You know, Don's right. Well, what's chapter you know, you two? What does chapter two mean? Let me explain. Okay. 
So, you know, Don's right. I mean, you're, only, you're looking at it really short-sightedly from the NIL perspective. I'm going to make a pile of money now and not looking at something that's sustainable for the rest of my life. Right, Don? That's, we see that now. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. So I call it chapter two. I don't call it plan B. Because plan B suggests that plan A failed. Mm. Right? That everyone's plan A is football and getting to the NFL. And if you didn't get to the NFL, then, well, your plan B is what? That suggests a failure. And I just hate that. It's not a failure if you didn't get to the NFL. It just didn't happen. I didn't get to the NFL, and I don't think that my athletic career was a failure. Right. I have a question about, I guess, the relationship with your foundation, NIL, and um, the, the athletic department. Is there Has there been any sort of boot camp or curriculum that, is being suggested by the university or by by anyone for these student athletes to give them the skills to navigate this world. I mean, obviously you're trying to do that, right? But like, you know, business 101 or contracts 101 or something, right? Because right. so agents are that. piranhas. I mean- Oh, indeed. I mean, there are nefarious persons out there in this space, no doubt. Um, so there's a class from the Foster School of Business that's offered on mm -hmm. NIL. And it Ooh, talks okay. about contracts and corporate formation and various issues. And that is, you know, that's the academic basis. What we want to do in 1861 is create an incubator for you. So you can do it in a supported way by those of us. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how many times I've incorporated somebody or, you know, negotiated a contract. I do that every day. And so- so they'd have us there. But just to finish up on chapter two for a minute, chapter two is what are you going to do next? And all my interns have a chapter two plan in place right now. Some have executed on it. Others are waiting wow. because they had a second contract. Yay. Um, nice. But yeah, all my interns, that's one of the things that I want my folks to have so that when that opportunity, when the day comes, you drop, you can deal with that change of identity and that, you know, that Nash, that, uh, the depression that comes, at least for me, when I was no longer a student athlete and had to find another way to do it, that I knew what I was going to do already because I have we have it in place. Very yeah. good. Very good. Hey, Don, Don, can I ask you an uncomfortable question, if that's okay? Sure. Do you still wear that half belly shirt that you used to wear when you were tackling Todd? <laughs> no, that's not the uncomfortable question. Sorry. Um, you keep that to yourself, actually. Um, but... <laughs> Every, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. What kind of jersey he used to wear, um, but uh, <laughs> not anymore. I can't. I can't pull that one off. <laughs> um, That's a shame. <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to looking back on that whole scenario where a vindictive Pac-12 tried to put the boots to the UW, uh, Billy Joe Hobart got busted with a gift. These days, that's a nothing. Does that change the whole narrative? Uh, or is that forever just a legacy of uh, uh, that we just have to live with? I mean, do we go back and just decide, you know what, that was a bunch of BS and uh, we got robbed out of a, a great dynasty? Well, I, was, I would say it was a bunch of BS regardless. You know, I don't have to go back to, to say that, you know, because, um, you know, it was just a, a bunch of, I mean, no, no one ran a cleaner program than Don James. I remember when he came and recruited me out at, from Virginia, and um, and and um, and it was like a snowstorm, you know. And I had to, you know, make a phone call to call home for my, you know, because because they couldn't 
they couldn't make it down in the country because there's so much snow. So I had to <laughs> meet them somewhere and I had to call my dad mm-hmm. to pick me up. And um, and I didn't have any, I didn't have a quarter at the time. We didn't have cell phones back then. Right. He said, well, he said Don, I couldn't, I, 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 I can't give you a quarter. That's against the NCAA rules. I mean, he wouldn't even give me a quarter because that's how much he went, that's how much he abided by the rules. He always stressed the rules. And then you have yeah. some things that are uncontrollable that, that happened, you know, that had nothing to do with the program. And they try to stick it to us. But anyway, you don't get me started on that now. But that, but <laughs> it, it, it doesn't, um, no, it doesn't change anything as far as I'm concerned, you know, but I think, you know, it just proved that it just shows the hypocrisy of the NCAA, yeah. you know, you know well, I think that's what it does, you know, and, um, you know, and, and, you know, and I'm glad, you know, you know, they, they you know, they're getting this, getting up, getting everything they deserve right now. But, you know, but but again, it doesn't help. Doesn't help us from back from right. what happened to us back then. A, qu- a quarter, by the way, for those kids out there who are, I, it, it's for the phone call, right? Right. Well, yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's, yeah what, it's what a phone call, call costs. Twenty five cents. Yeah. Right. yeah that's hey, yeah. Well, for me, I remain traumatized by those events and suffer PTSD at the mere mention that somebody would look at the University of Washington half sideways after all of that mm-hmm. garbage. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. It was it was actually our peers in the Pac-12 Council that sanctioned us. It was not the NCAA. It never got that far. It was a Pac-12 investigation, and then we were presented with the harshest penalties that any team, any sports program has ever been hit with except for smu when they gave him the death penalty in 19 right. what was it 81 82 right like, like mm-hmm. it the, the, no tv no bowl games for two years are you kidding wow. me <laughs> it's, wow. it's ruthless right well, yeah. well they did well, you, know, you know the, the whole system you know that was governed by the ncaa is just it was just you know, it was just so much hypocrisy in it yep. overall. And, and, you know, there was a lot of jealousy involved. And I think even, um, I think there was even some issues with our, with our own university with some of the leaders at the time, you know, that, that didn't really, I, I felt that Coach James didn't feel like they had his back. You know? Right, he and, quit out of protest, yeah. Right, right. And um, and that's, it was just a whole totally unfortunate thing that, you know, that, um According to you know that saying that we broke rules that were governed by the NCAA, I guess that's what I should have said. Donald, can I loop this back to the conversation Cap brought up about Chapter Two? Um, so you know, assistance after uh, after football. Was there anybody looking out for you guys back in the day? I mean, what was the, what was the temperature like back in '91? Nah, I, mean, I, I was just getting jealous just hearing Catherine talk about her plan. I'm like, man, that, that would have been so. <laughs> nice to have you know yeah. and I, and I really applaud her for doing that because that's and that and i think that's what that's what the nil should be about you know it should it should be about you know it should have an equitable system that is going to help you know mo- a lot of the kids not just one superstar you know and um and um and you know being able to have the, the creativity and the freedom to um to uh, to um help you know create open doors for kids because She's right. Once you, you know, every, when you're an athlete, there's such a competitive um, culture that that's all you think about is going to that next level and planning the next level. And, and it's, and you, you don't, you, and you don't focus on that plan B, so to, so to speak. And, and if something happens, you like, you stuck, you know, and depression comes and, and like, she's, and, you know, and, um, and 
you know, and it takes a while, you know, every, all the other kids are, you know, they're, they're going on to that second chapter already. And you, and you kind of already kind of left behind and, and already behind the eight ball. And follow, follow up to that. Uh, when you went to the NFL, I'm sure absolutely nobody cared about <laughs> your interests. You had to take care of things yourself, right? Yeah. I mean, even, 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 um, you know, I think some, even NFL, I, even after you get done playing in the NFL, you know, you, it's the same situation, same scenario. Um, you know, yeah, you may have made some money, but you didn't, you know, most guys didn't make enough money that's, that you can retire. Very few. Only the whole, you know, only, you know, very few guys can do that, you know. And, um, and I think, you know, just being part of the NFL alumni, you know, they, I mean, it's crazy how, how guys is, I mean, they even, they, it's even worse for those guys, I think. I think. You know, um, because there's no, there's, there's really no, at the time, there was really no system set up for players after football. Now, the NFL is doing a much better job today, but back then, it was nothing for athletes who um, had to figure out something else to do. You know, I had a major knee injury, you know, uh, my my fourth year, um, I tore my knee ligaments out in three places, and it was, you know, and I just couldn't, rec- I didn't recover from that, and it just happened all of a sudden, you know, and I right. didn't. You know, and I didn't know what to do at the time. You know, I was just totally mm-hmm. shocked that it happened to me. I mean, you never think, you know, that that can happen to you. You know, you know, as an athlete, as a competitor, you think you're going to play forever, but but it can be changed in a in a, in a complete instant. You know, I have a, in my intern number ten, Mr. John Turner, had that experience. He um, was on the team, and in August of 2017, medically retired because he tried to defend Vita Vea and his shoulder gave out one too many times. Yeah, and, wow. <laughs> and we went through that process with him. And I can tell you, I am very proud to say that John is graduating from Tulane Law School in May. Well, I think we'll sit the California bar, and he has an eye on being a sports agent. Oh, nice! Wow, that's yeah. Great. So that's so, a, yeah. It's just that's the that's what should be happening. So I I have a question for you about um, I guess the structure of your foundation. You you have some really big University of Washington legends on your board: mm-hmm. uh, Steve Entman, um, Mario Bailey, Will Disley. Mm-hmm. How in the world did you recruit such a like who's who of Husky legends to to come and help you out? Well, Mr. Jones already knows the answer to that one. We're a family. <laughs> we are brothers and sisters in athletics. That's easy enough. Um, yeah. I, I, Mr. And by the way, to pull Steve Atman off, that that was a amazing feat in itself right there. Because Steve Let me say I have there's a network of people who are um, associated with our foundation who choose not to be public. Um, so I'm kind of the face of it. And there are some who are. And so there's a vast network of people behind me who are standing here. You may not see them. Um, who are supporting it, but Will Disley was my intern number nine, and um, he has a chapter two. I won't say what it is, um, you know. <laughs> and he got that great contract a year ago, which I'm sure you heard me screaming bloody murder when it was signed that we got to keep him in Seattle. What an exciting thing! Um, but yeah, so you know, the thing is, is that in the athletic alumni um, of, across all sports, we all know what this is like. We know what this process is. You know, we kind of harken back to when I was a kid and if someone had come to me and said, hey, model a swimsuit, I wouldn't do it now, mind you, but maybe then, um, I probably would have said sure and had no idea about what all of this is. And Mm -hmm. since there's been such an, I would call it 
explosion is probably the wrong word, but so many more people have gotten to participate in athletics in the past 50 years, not only women, but more men as well, that there's so many more of us out there who can speak to the experience of that transition and that change. Right. And so the, the folks that are involved with 1861 um, membership, and of course, Mr. Jones, you're absolutely welcome to join us, is uh, one requirement is, is that you're a student athlete at the University of Washington. Can't, can't buy your way in. You got to have that. What we're after is the experience. Um, and the money is coming. Cat, so. I played on the Two. intramural co-ed softball li <laughs> librarian league. Is that okay? We could call you a friend of 1861. How's that? Everybody? There we go. Um, so I, I have two, two follow-up questions, one lighthearted and one, one less so. Um, what did you swim? Butterfly. What strokes. Butterfly. I'm a butterflyer as well. I am nice. a butterfly. Great. So, all right. Yeah. Um, I'm anyway, a larva. Uh, dude, you do the corkscrew. Yeah, I, I do cannonball. That's about it. The doggy paddle and corkscrew. <laughs> yeah, let's not. Right. Let's not go. Can you do flip um, turns? You better be able to do a flip turn because if you can't do a flip turn, I'll make sure you get out of my lane. <laughs> <laughs> you get run over. Uh, probably. Get out. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so. Now I've totally lost my train of thought. I had a really great question. Um, <laughs> well, I, I got one related to your swimming career. Jump in, jump uh, in. Yeah, uh, UW actually shut down the the swimming program in 25? 2009. 2009, yeah. 2009. We threw a rager that day. We invited the entire team to our house. We had a big rager. Oh, really? I think our neighbors are still mad at us. Um, well, nobody drinks like swimmers and lifeguards. We know that. So um, I not saying a word. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was curious, like, would uh, would have NIL and portal transfers and things like that have helped those students? Um, the, the, um, yeah, the portal transfer would have. And actually, the way that the rules worked at the time that if the program was cut, you could transfer and not suffer a loss of a season. Um, but, you know. Um, that was really difficult. I'm going to say that's one of the top 10 worst days of my life was when that, like, we lost our program. Mm -hmm. And I had to grieve that, and I did. Um, so and, you know, I've gotten over it, but yeah, I certainly grieved it. I have a, a follow-up here. So you have Title IX, right, which is supposed to give equality of access and equality of everything to, um, to men and women. Uh, playing collegiate sports, I, I believe is the, the the broad. I am not an attorney. I have not read Title IX, so forgive me for my my gross misinterpretation if I'm off base. But that's the that's the basic framework. And I've I've read a number of articles that have tried to explain different different methods of doing this. And it seems like athletic departments nationwide have some sort of budgetary issue. And I'm putting that in quotation marks because these are athletic departments building multi-million dollar football stadiums, basketball stadiums, raking in millions of dollars of revenue. Um, and, and in order to comply with the NCAA, um, basically what it is is that football teams take up the bulk of the men's scholarships, and then you have a bunch of other ladies' teams that take up scholarships, and they basically just make them even. 175 for the men, 175 for the women, whatever it is, right? Um, and and it means that a lot of these other other teams sometimes just end up cut. Like um, 
uh, some like of the, the great swim team. uh, wrestling teams wrestling, have, right. have been the cut. Wrestling team is gone. Yeah. Right. And and it's and it's because they're doing, in my opinion, from what I've read, the, the easy way of just saying this many and this many, that's it. Right. And there's other ways that they could comply. And I mean, come on, like how much money does a wrestling team really need um, compared to, you know, a basketball team or football? But anyway, what what is your perspective as someone who played, who swam, not a major sport, not a, a, a sexy sport, um, at least what? as far no. as no, it's so a sexy sport, all right. Maybe that was a wrong, wrong, <laughs> wrong word, but not a not a popular sport. That, not, not a money, a not a money maker, sport. not a money maker is where you're not a money, not money maker, maker unless you're Michael Phelps. Um, so, you know, it is a really difficult landscape to navigate Title IX rules. And what it's Title IX of the Education Act, and it says, thou shalt not discriminate between men and women in the educational setting. And that was interpreted to mean that equal opportunities for women athletes. And that was in 72. And boy, that sure changed my life and the trajectory of my life. I admire people who are tasked with making sure the University of Washington and other universities are meeting that. I think it's really hard. And sure, the easy way is here's 175 for women, here's 175 for men. You know, go the easy way. There's there's nothing wrong with that. I'm one of those people who thinks that we should be expanding athletic opportunities for young people, not constricting them. There's a shift though, and something really different about how um, universities and tuition are funded. When, when I was at the University of Washington, the state legislature supplemented tuition. So our when I was there, quarterly um, tuition was $434 a quarter. It's now 3,000 something because part of that is the legislature has withdrawn that support. And so funding has come in in different ways. We know that the University of Washington's athletic department is solely self-funding thanks to the football team. They fund the entire athletic department and the athletic department writes um, upper campus a check for use of those facilities or the land that the facilities are on. It's a complicated landscape and I'm not an expert in it and I just certainly admire the folks who are navigating it. But I do hope that we can continue to expand opportunities for kids. Awesome. Don, can I go back to something you mentioned a little bit earlier? Uh, had I been 18 and had any amazing talent like you did, uh, and somebody just threw a boatload of money, I would have bought a, a Pontiac Firebird, uh, all the Dick's Burgers I could, I could eat. I would have <laughs> wasted that. I would have, I would have bought all the Magic the Gathering cards and, you know, 50-yard line seats at the Husky games. I mean, um, if I wasn't playing in that game. But, I mean, you know what I mean? I, I, you deal with young athletes. How, how do you manage telling a kid don't spend all that money now i mean what 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 do you do to to help them out what do i do to help them out um you mean you mean what i what what i do or what do uh, both do? it's actually both it's a two it's two part question it's like what what do you do because i know that you help young men but i mean like uh and then also what do people in general need to be doing uh to keep kids from just blowing all this money on silly crap that I would have bought. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, and I think, I think Catherine's probably the better person to answer that question than me, but cause she's already doing what she's doing. She's doing it. I think, I think you gotta, for one thing, you gotta, you gotta educate these kids. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta have a system set up in place for them. You know, you gotta, you gotta have somebody just like we, you know, we had tutors, 
that helped us, you know, in, in our, in our, um, you know, in, you know, helped us in our courses. We need to have some kind of tutorial. Each kid needs to have some kind of tutorial or somebody, someone that's going to guide them, especially somebody with a legal background. I mean, you got to have, I think, somebody from a legal background, but also a financial background as well that can really help them, you know, how to manage their money and to give them advice on how to manage the money. But, 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 you know, some of these kids, you know, they have, they have nothing, you know, and, um, and there's going to be some mismanagement. There's going to be some family members that's going to want to come in and, you know, they're going to want to give it to, you know, their friends and, you know, it's going to be some, it's going to be some mismanagement of this stuff. You know, I mean, I mean, just like, NFL, I mean, that happens, you know, if, if they're even, if they were in the NFL, you know, you know, Similar stuff, things are going to happen, but I think, you know, what I try to do is beforehand, you got to identify these players that are, that's going to be um, in those positions before they get there. I think, I think you got to start, you can't wait till they graduate high school. You got to start, you know, while they're in grades, while they're in, you know, from a, I guess you can, you can start identifying these kids now, you know, as early as in the ninth, eighth, ninth grade now. So, so somebody, you know, so what I try to do is try to, you know, um, you know, with some of the kids that I run across and try to talk to the, you know, talk to the parents, you know, and, you know, and, and you kind of got to, and every situation is different. You know, some kids come from strong, some kids come from strong, you know, got, got a strong family home, mother and dad in the house, but some of them, you know, are raised by single parents that may need, you know, they may need some guidance and help, but it all depends on the individual. But I think there has to be a system, systems in place. And I think the schools is part of their responsibility now is to have those things in place, so you know, so um, so when these, you know, big deals are c come, someone someone can guide them and and also help them negotiate the contract of these things because these contracts, you know, I mean, you know, I heard some horror stories where, where you know these kids, you know, accepting these nil deals and wind up not getting anything. So you need to have represent representation. And I think Catherine could probably expand on that part of it. Cat sounds like he's so pitching the ball to you. Well, yeah, and, and and Don's right. There are some horror stories going on out there where uh, big offers of huge dollars have been made, and they are not materializing for whatever reason. So there is, an, again, going back to the great crew at the University of Washington, and they're what I call the NIL department, but there's an entire staff on, that is in place to assist athletes in that. The um, NC2A rules also allow student-athletes to engage um, sports agents to negotiate NIL deals for them which is not, you know, violation of all those other rules. Some agents choose to take a commission on those NIL deals and others don't. And I know who does and doesn't. Um, we have with 1861, we have relationships with um, agents who don't um, and their representation in that position. And, you know, some people are getting, you know, six, seven, well, maybe not no, six for sure. I know of, I'm not sure about seven in Washington, but, um, that yeah, that and there's people like me that are floating around, that will answer questions. And I've looked at a few contracts, and some are some are extraordinarily complicated and not player friendly, and others are one pagers. Yeah, like you're going to get into a lawsuit with a student athlete over an NIL deal. Come on, give me a break. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, again, there are no, 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 we can do that. Speaking for, as a litigator, I was saying that um, there are nefarious persons out there everywhere. And you know, Don hit on something I think really important, which is that that cultural obligation that some communities feel that if you hit it and hit it big, you owe us. 
And that is a big challenge for some of our student athletes at Washington and elsewhere. And I keep telling everybody, you know, that kid that you were a friend with for a hot minute in the seventh grade. Yeah. You don't know him any. Right. Uh, and that can sometimes, you know, or success guilt, I guess is what I call it. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's a thing. Well, how, how, how do you tell a 17 year old, 18 year old that there are predators out there that want, money off of them you know for their talent like because like i said in the scenario i gave like you give me a lot of money i'm like i'm not listening to grown-up to heck with that you know it's red it's red sports car syndrome i i i work as a uh as a financial advisor and i talk to my clients who have saved money for their kids um specifically in uh the uniform transfer to minors act uh, uh plans um and uh, I have a lot of clients in California and they're really mad at me when their kid hits 18 and they're a full adult. And now they have $50,000 sitting in an account that they can go get whenever they want to. And I'm like, well, let's talk about this. Um, but like, I, I would, I would hope that there could also, is there anything to help families of these athletes as well? to to like because i think that look on cat's face didn't might know tell anything us about money like <laughs> my parents didn't know anything about money and we had a little bit of it but like most folks don't don't know anything about the financial world or contracts or what to do with money when you all of a sudden have some the answer to your question is no i mean i uh, of the the players that i know and um i am absolutely there and they all know that and i've talked to some parents over the years uh or friends of parents who find themselves in a pickle, but there isn't. And the universities don't believe it's their obligation. And I, I can understand why they think that. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, certainly it's I mean, not their legal Don, obligation. Don, let me ask you a question. When you were a freshman at the University of Washington, you understood that people were coming for you and your money, yes? Or what they thought <laughs> would be your money? <laughs> no, I'm telling you, when I was a freshman, First of all, I had no money and there wasn't no money coming in, but, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I, I, w- I mean, I'm like, man, well, how would I, how would I handle that? I'm, you know, that's a very good question. I mean, I, I, I would like to think, you know, you know, I have, I do, I do have strong parents at home that, that could have got, that would have guided me, I'm sure. But, but, um, but I would hope that somebody would have reached out to me and say, Hey, look, man, this is, this is what you need to do do with your money, man. If you want to, if you want this to, to last, you want this, you want to be smart with it, or you want it to blow, go away just like that, you know, you know. Here's what you need to do, and, and give me, a, and also too, I think we need to give examples. There are plenty of examples out there of kids who have lost it all, who who weren't smart with the money. I think we gotta we gotta be able to communicate in these kids in a way that's gonna make them understand. We gotta speak their language, you know. We gotta show them, hey, look, you know, you know, um, you got a great opportunity, man. You can, I mean. I know. I, I believe it. I believe it's Texas Tech. They, they giving their they giving every football player. I, I want to say twenty five thousand a year. Wasn't that the O line? I thought it was I the line. Was, I think it's every I, player. I thought it was the whole team, but I, I, I could believe... be wrong. You know, they got that oil money down there. I, you know, so I think <laughs> I thought it was the whole team. But think about it. You know, you could if you if you just invest that money right. I mean, you when you get done or you start your second chapter, so to speak. You can have a nice little um, nest egg in there for you. That's going to give you a great start in life, you yeah. know. And um, you know, so so I think there has to be some edu- 
it has to be some education. I mean, you, if, if schools, I don't Catherine just said, you know, these schools don't have nothing in place, but they should. They, they, they should have something in place, you know, to, to really help these kids because I think it's, it, it'll be, it'll be a shame for these kids, you know, to, you know, to be able to, you know, to, to, you know, you know, to go, you know, to obtain that money and just let it go to waste. And, and, um, you know, that, that would be so unfortunate. They gotta be some programs in place for these kids. The good news is at Washington, I can't speak to other institutions, but at Washington, there's a huge group of us alumni that are in place, speaking up, getting yes. involved and saying, let us help. It's a massive group. Cat, I heard that's it. It's going to take leadership. Um, you know, it's going to take people, you know, like ourselves, you know, to um, to really step up to the plate, you know, because, you know, we can talk about it all, all we want to, but 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 we have to some, someone have to take the initiative and, and help these kids out. Cat, I feel like I heard that uh, Chris Peterson, former head coach of UW, is somehow involved. Um, so Coach Peterson is associated with the Foster School doing the leadership stuff. That's and the business so school, right? He, he was on the advisory. He, he's been on the advisory council to Motley Futures. I'm not sure if he's still there or not. Okay. Um, but he's very much into the leadership aspect of things and is helped create that partnership between the Foster School and the athletic department. But in terms of navigating the NIL world, I don't believe that that's Coach Peterson's daily work. Okay. And that's the business school at UW, right? Yeah, Foster School of Business, yes. That's really cool. Uh, so go. a uh, quick question for you, Don, about uh, people like Ryan Leaf or people like, uh, like again, Billy Joe Hobart. There, you had to have seen, I'm just assuming, you had to have seen people coming by and trying to groom them for future, you know, future NFLers. Uh, so that they can get some money down the line, be it uh, somebody nefarious like an agent or even what Kat mentioned earlier, somebody from seventh grade who uh, all of a sudden is best friends again, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, it, 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 seems, it seems gross. How do you tell people, you know, get the heck away from me? Like, <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, I didn't see, I didn't see a lot of that. I mean, we okay. were so focused on, I mean, I mean, Cause I'm telling you, Coach James really ran, ran. I mean, he really shielded us from, from from a lot of that stuff. But but again, there's always going to be some people that you know. I mean, I mean, you can remember since you know maybe some agents coming around, or you can, you know, you, you know some some people that you know some chases coming around. But it, I didn't. See, you didn't see a lot of it, you know, because we we mostly hung. We were kids. We were, we hung around each other for the most part, you know, and uh, we and we and we were and you know we played. We were had a regular schedule, you know. So I mean, you know, so we didn't have a lot of time, really, you know, to really mingle with a lot of outsiders for the most part. But you know, but yeah, some obviously some people. If you weren't looking for trouble, yeah, you you didn't have to go far to find it. But but I think most most of our guys were you know focused on you know just playing the game and and you know, and, um, and, and just enjoying the, enjoying the, you know, embracing the college experience right. for the most part. What I did for the, the young men I know, just to answer that question, I said, anybody comes at you and wants some money or offers you a deal that you don't like, tell them you have a lawyer and have them call me. And I promise you 98% <laughs> of them will go away. That's awesome. Yeah. So a follow-up on that, like the nuts and bolts of this, how, let's say someone wants to invest some money in, in some of these young people. They want to they want to get them involved how 
you know, how do they do that? How do how do donors come and get involved? Like someone someone who has good intentions, who's acting in good faith, right? Um, they want to they want to promote something, and they think that these these kids are the are the way to do it. There are three NIL collectives associated well associated now um, that are formed by Husky fans. None of us have okay. any rela direct relationship with the University of Washington. One is Montlake Futures that you know about. Another is Montlake Players. And then there's now as the 1861 NIL Foundation. And all three of us are welcome, would welcome anybody to come and talk to us about what they want to do. But there isn't any real rule on it. You know, in the past 18 months, hundreds of NIL collectives have been created. We sat back kind of watched and we, we think we're kind of like the next stage of NIL. Uh, mm -hmm. But I, an alumni could reach out on Twitter to a player. This has happened at Washington. Hey, I got a hundred bucks for everybody. And I've seen them tweet that out there. And I like told all my guys, take that and I will slap you silly. That's just dumb. Don't do it. So there is no rule. Anybody can reach out and do a deal. Mm -hmm. The one rule is that the University of Washington has to approve it. That's an NC2A rule. But okay. they can't negotiate it, but they have to approve it. Okay, so if, people from sliding in. So if I if I'm uh, you know Abraham from uh, Crazy Abraham's used Pontiac Firebirds, and you know I want to go to <laughs> you know I want to go to uh, 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 you know Roma Dunze, do I just like sidle up to him next to Mc, at McDonald's and be like, hey buddy, want to use you know 1983 Firebird? Uh, um, I'm sure that's happened to Rome. I mean, is that legal or is that like, or do they have to go through the UW like you said? The, the deal has to. The deal is supposed to be approved by the University of Washington. Okay. Mr. Odunze is represented very well, represented in the NIL space. I won't say who, but um, yeah, no. But I'm sure people have slid up to him in his DM. Hey, how are you? We got a thing. <laughs> hey. All right. So my Pontiac Firebird. I'm trying to get rid of is just going to stay on blocks then for a while. Then it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, just nobody wants that. Well, that's a, yeah, and that's an, and that's another thing too that you know. You know, back then, you know, you asked, "Do we see anything?" Back then, there was no social social media, right? So it was, it was hard to get a hold of us, you know, unless you had some, you know, had some kind of connection or whatever, because, you know, because we had no social media. I mean, you you would have had to, you know, come directly to our dorm room, and you know, and, and you know, which you know, it probably did happen happen at times, but but it's a total different game now with social media. Anybody can reach out to you now and, and dm you and, and offer you this offer you money it's don't don't don you mentioned like you couldn't even ask for a quarter to call home uh like you like if, if yeah. somebody bought you a pizza you'd probably have to report that right i'm telling you man that's how i mean I, that's the ironic thing about about what happened coach james did not play with with the rules i mean i mean we were i was me personally i was paranoid about that kind of thing you know, and, um, you know, and I know, I know Billy Joe, you know, he, you know, you know, he, he, he had to, he probably, I don't think Billy Joe understood that he was breaking the rules. I think from what I understand it was just the loan. Right. You know, and, um, you know, yeah. you know, and, and he, you know, he knew he was about to go pro. He's like, you know, and he probably was like, look, you know, you know, um, you know, just give me this advance or whatever, you know, and, you and, so, and that just got blown way out of proportion. But, but again, you know, Coach James. I mean, he we, he had he had all of us, all the players, pet, um, scared to take any money from anybody. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, I know. Say, and I, 
I, I was good friends with um, uh, a kid who was a Husky punter. And we went to uh, a thing. There's a company uh, it was at the time it was called UW uh, or College Painters or whatever. And they were, you know, like you can sign up, either work for them or you can try to run a crew. And it's a little bit entrepreneurial and you have to go sell painting. And anyway, it was a whole thing. And he was really interested in it and found out later, like he couldn't even he couldn't even try to do anything like that because he was on scholarship and it was like a material risk to Yeah, you couldn't work. No, nah, it didn't work. I mean, we had summer jobs, you know, and um, but that was it. I mean, yeah. you know, and a lot of guys go up to Alaska and go fishing, as I remember. Yeah, I do remember. I never did. Yeah, I do remember. And they said he used to make a lot of money too. So I, <laughs> I, I do remember guys doing that. Yeah, you know, I do remember that. Cat, yeah. does your foundation help position uh, summer employment or post college? Um, we can. It's um. You know, I don't know if y'all have been paying attention to what's been going on with our football team, but those that's a busy group of young men at the moment. They're on a hunt. I think they smell it. I know I do. Um, <laughs> so with me, I'm going to take two summer interns, um, and they'll both be football players, to assist me with running a, a 1861, because there's a lot to do this summer. Plus, we're going to do all the things we normally do. Um, you have to find people, and, and um, Scott Hedgecock, who does Motley Futures, he has a financial... Um, firm here in Seattle. He takes interns in his firm as well, and there are others. But it, when we have to have the right mindset when we bring an athlete into our business is that the priority is as follows, school, the sport, the internship. And if you've had that experience of being a student athlete, you understand that. Um, I don't bring in an, an intern to make money off of them. No, they might help me with the case, but the client's never built for the work. Um, so it's, it's really difficult to do it when you're a full-time athlete and you have to have some somebody who's flexible. And I don't think it's appropriate until you're actually a, a junior or senior academically because I don't think you're quite ready for it as a freshman. And they've got fish to fry. So. Interesting. How are, those, how, how are those contracts typically written? For example, there was an athlete at Oregon that just got kicked off the team for, for bad behavior. And um, I saw that. Do they, do they lose any NIL money for not being on the team? You know, I don't know. Um, it depends on what the contract says. Uh, I'm a fan of saying I, I won't give you an opinion on a, a document unless I've read it. Uh, but I would imagine that it's conditioned, uh, that sort of thing is conditioned on remaining on the team in good standing uh, as some sort of ROI. Not that that's guaranteed, uh, but return on investment. Um, We'll see what happens to that young man. I think he's an exquisitely talented football player in need of kind, loving direction. <laughs> wow. Um, you so, should come up here. I, we can show him a thing or two. We good. Yeah. Fresh start. <laughs> Who was that that got kicked off, by the way? Uh, Holden is his last name. Like I Alabama think. or Auburn or something? He was like an Alabama transfer. His last name is Holden. I forgot his first name. Oh, I thought, okay, gotcha. Yeah. He finds himself so, in the Lane County Jail at the moment, from what I understand. So, uh, so here's a question for you if we look back on the ncaa and let's call it amateurism i, I always thought that, that was a an odd word for scholarship athletes especially um and and the ncaa because it's i mean you got a scholarship it's worth something 
you said it saved your life, right, Kat? It, I mean, it did. Super, Gave me this great life. Yeah. yeah. Um, as we look back, say, 20 years from now, are we all just going to say, like, why, why was this so restrictive? Why did we let this thing be the way it was? Or are we going to, do you guys think we're going to wish that we could go back to a time in the, the 80s and 90s when we all knew what the rules were? That's a good question. I mean, um, first of all, in, in certain parts, in like, like in the SEC, they were paying they they were paying players anyway. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I mean, let, let's face it. I mean, a, a lot of schools, especially down in, in the SEC, um, you know, I know I know some players. Well. I know some players that they took a pay cut when they got to the NFL. <laughs> you, know, you know, but um, you know. So there's, it's never going to be a perfect way. I think. I think there's always going to be some, um, some. Uh, there's always going to be some challenges, right, on both sides of the fence. No matter how you how you look, which side of this thing that you're on. But yeah, but it's nothing like the the amateurism that we had. You know, when we were coming up and we were just playing. You know, everybody was the same. We were just playing, playing football. But, but I think, um, you know. You know, just that. I mean, it's, it's a great argument. It's a great. It's a great question. I mean, I mean, you know, because you because because there, there are players. I mean, I mean, the schools are making uh, millions of dollars off your name and likeness as well, and it's not fair to not to get anything. But I just think they need to. It needs to be regulated to where where it doesn't get out of hand. Because I think it's getting out of hand when you got one player coming in making um, this one quarterback from Tennessee. It's making eight million already. Um, before you even play it down, I mean, it's getting it's getting out of hand, you know. Um, you know, it's getting out of hand. So hopefully, hopefully they can come up with a system in place that makes sense, that is um, that is that is regulated and it's, and it's fair and equitable, and um, and and it could and it can um, and it's, uh, put that system in place for everybody. And I what? think. Once we do that, I think we have the best best scenario that we can. Let's have. let's talk about equitable. There are the money makers, right? Women's basketball, men's basketball, and football, and the rest of the sports are, you know, they lose money. Uh, does the equity cross into the non-profit uh, making schools? I mean, uh, there's obviously the, uh, you know, where we the 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 Garden of Eden. We'd love everybody to have. To have money but um what what's the reality of this how does that person playing women's softball get some of the pie i know people who want to do a softball event who have it's daughters fun. who are just bananas over washington softball and you should be too because those ladies are just they're oh yeah good. they're great yeah. they're great yeah absolutely i watch them on tv all the time yeah they're good yeah. um you know just to go back to your question though um you talk about amateurism, amateurism, amateur sports. I mean, if you look at the history of collegiate sports, it's only been around for what, 120 years, 100 years? And only very few people got to participate. And it was the extremely wealthy folks on the East Coast who got to do it, say, 100 years ago or 120 years ago. And it morphed out of that, where we had this purist concept that, oh, you should be an amateur. And that's why you get to the Olympics, because this is just for the love of sport. Right. And as sport modified and changed over the years, then we've had to do it too. And you talk about people taking a pay cut, that NC2A case that came down from the Supreme Court 18 months ago, talks about Hugh McElhinney, 
and how much money he was making in the opinion. I thought he uh, cut people's lawns. Wasn't that was, uh, <laughs> wasn't that the I'm excuse? I'm sure he, he did, like, and he was well compensated lawns. for it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But Don, you were gonna say something? No, I was just, I was just, wow, I haven't heard that story. That's interesting. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, it, it's in the, it's in the body of the majority opinion. And, you know, um, but going back to the 80s, I come back to what I started all of this off with. This has long been a part of collegiate athletics. Yeah. It's now just that everybody gets to do it. And, and Don is right. We need a, a, a national set of rules. I mean, Georgia has one thing. The reason that it dropped when it did the NIL rules is that Georgia, Florida, Alabama, all those Southern schools were states were authorizing it by legislation and they just decided to act because, you know, like Washington hasn't done anything. I tried to get Governor Inslee to pay attention to the issue a few years ago and he looked at me like I was on a third eye. And I was like, come on, Governor, you got to pay attention to this. And Washington has no rules. California has very extensive rules. You know, the, our um, high school, whatever the governing body of our high school sports here is Washington, can't remember the name offhand, but they've ruled that if you get an NC2A or an NIL opportunity at the high school level, you don't lose your status with them. That, that has happened, which is nice. Um, there has been some federal legislation floating around. It's gone nowhere. The Drake Group, um, which is an organization dedicated to re uh, reforming um, collegiate athletics, a friend of mine is on their board, has written a letter to the Department of Education asking them to issue a rule that says Title IX of the Education Act applies in the NIL sphere. And the lawyer in me says, well, that's going to happen. They'll call it education or quasi-educational, and then there'll be litigation, but that's going to happen, which is part of the reason why we want to do it for everybody. We're starting with football, but we're not ending with football. Um, yeah, Don's right. We need something. And, and Title IX is part of it, Kat. I mean, like, how, how do we make sure that... Uh... Uh, is it just we have to be a little more inventive on how we do things or, uh, you know. Uh, well, that's that's why we were here at 1861. We thought camps would be a really good way to do it. So say you wanted to um, hire this the softball pitcher, our new our new ace. What's her name? Um, that take over for Gabby. But what, say you wanted to hire her for two hours to teach your daughter how to throw a, a softball. You could do that through us and that's a camp and that's an educational purpose that's how we got our 501c3 status is that we're about right. educating and teaching you can sure do that uh, i'm not sure many people have thought of it from that perspective because we're all kind of stuck with uh, uh these are pass-through entities for piles of cash to 18 year old kids who are quarterbacks at tennessee who have yet to do anything and boy i promise you if that kid does not perform can you imagine the pressure he must be under Hi. Yeah. Right. Hi. Lordy. <laughs> what well, what about no. if it's what about if it's something like signing autographs? You know, I know there's been many athletes that in the past got kicked off their teams because they signed their jersey <laughs> and sold it, you know. Uh what, what about something like that? How how does 1861 help with that or is that a different channel? Um 1861 can help with that, but you could they could just do that directly through the university. There's a website for NIL opportunities that student athletes can log, log on to and say, I want to do this. And if you want to provide an NIL opportunity to UW student athletes, you can do it through that website. Cool. That That's amazing. That, that I, I just think of the countless people that had their careers ruined just because they wanted a couple extra bucks. So they go to the movies and go to, you know, go on a date and it's yeah. just ridiculous. 
And now it's legal. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Right. What do you guys do? What do you guys do, Kat, as far as uh, helping kids understand they need to get a bank account, put X amount of money away, not um, that's, spend it on again, that? Uh, on University of Washington is all over that in terms of its, you know, edu NIL education between the foster school class and then the people on staff. There's constant education going on about, you know, most of them have a bank account anyway because their scholarship money gets automatically transferred to mm. cover room and board and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, not all, but most. Uh, and so they get that. The big worry is that most these student athletes are 1099 employees, independent contractors. So no withholding is going on. So here's $100,000, Joe. And That's you should be putting point. at least 30 of that, 30 to 35 of that in a side account. And you're, you know, you can play with your 65 of that, right? Okay. Persuading young people that that's important. That's a tall climb. That's a tall climb. Right. That is so, phew. That's brutal. It's going to get yeah. brutal. Somebody's going to have a horror story. Yeah. Somebody's going to file bankruptcy and say, oh my God, look what happened to me. And then ESPN's <laughs> going to be all over it. I promise you. It's going to happen. Hey, hey, Don, do you do you think that this change is going to mean that more of our more of our student athletes stick around for their junior and senior year instead of springing to pro sports? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um <laughs> you know, um, because I to be honest with you, I was surprised that Penix didn't go to the, go to the NFL. I'm like, man, he turned he turned down a lot of money. Yeah, you know, and I'm like, man, I, I, and I and I thought, well, he, he's he's bound to have some kind of an NIL deal that's gonna, you know, that that, that he yeah. probably. I mean, obviously, you know, he would have made more money going in the NFL, I would assume, but but um, but but still, if you know, you ain't struggling. You know, you got money to do things and and to go places and take care of yourself. I, that, that's an incentive to stay. Hey, I love the college life. You know, I'm gonna stick around a little bit longer. It would definitely incent guys to stay around. You know, um, a, extra year longer. You know, to you know, develop and and just enjoy your college life. In the meantime, I'm gonna make some money that I can. You know, that I can take care of myself and and do the things I would like to do. And ain't got ain't got to go hungry and. <laughs> And, you know, worry about how to put, you know, how I'm going to buy clothes and stuff like that, which a lot of college athletes from my day, you know, I mean, we, we all had those issues, you know, but, but I think that's a great point. I think that's going to, that's going to cause guys to stick around a little longer because some of these NIL deals are, are very lucrative. I so, think that I was going to say yeah. on Michael Penix, but it was my thought that before he made his announcement that he was saying that if he played it right and we win a national championship where we get into that college playoff, which I think we're going to do on all of that, <laughs> that he could actually do better never going to the NFL because he'd be a king of, uh, of Husky nation of one of the few kings. Um, wow. yeah, yeah, you know, and the good news is by staying, they complete their degrees. There is right. that. There is that. Got question for um, you. Oh, hang on a second, Rich. I, let me get mine in here. Sure. Because well, I remember it. Uh, question. Both of you guys played at a high level. Cat Don. Um, do you? There was always like a little bit of a stratification, you know, between uh, the the athletes and regular students. Do you think money now kind of separates, you know, athletes from regular students? I mean, do you think regular students might get a little annoyed 
that. Uh, it, you know, I, 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 you know, I'm just curious if, if you guys have ever thought about that or, uh, Rich is saying no. What, what are you, what are you thinking, Rich? I, I, I don't think that just going back to my time as, as a student, not a student athlete, just a student, I was so busy and already so stressed, just adjusting and dealing with being a college student and going to work and getting, you know, maybe socializing with my friends. I didn't have time to worry about anybody else's money. Kat, Don, um, did you guys ever were already feel- a, just a ton of people that had money? Like there were, there was already stratification anyway. So oh, between the rich students and the poor ones. Yeah, there was oh, tons yeah. of rich Absolutely. students. So I mean, I don't, I don't think it's going to affect it at all. And you know, I mean, the good-looking guys like Don is on the football team are always going to have a whole pile of women chasing them. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I know you did, Don. You don't. You don't fool me for a minute. Look at that <laughs> smile. You're gonna be not saying a word. Um, all my guys get the 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 lecture of we women are nefarious and cunning. So you best watch it because you have a target on your back, gentlemen. Hey. And yeah. I don't think it, that has much to do with anything. I think that in terms of stratification or jealousy, um, I get to do things like I ski. I ski a lot, and I get to ski with boys because I am, you know former d1 athlete and sometimes boys some boys don't can't keep up but it's because i have this genetic gift that i think is a source of more jealousy than i think anybody's bank account i saw yeah. like i said i saw you don with your crop top jerseys <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you got all the yeah I, I agree with cat with, with and rich i think um because you already you know when you're an athlete you know you're already you know i guess you know you know, you already have, I guess, a special status, so to speak, on campus anyway, you know, when you're an athlete. And, um, you know, because you, I mean, you, I mean, you eat, you eat the best foods, you know, you have training, you know, you, you have to, you're around the best facilities, you're going to, you know, so you, you already have, I think, a lot of that already as an athlete. So I don't think just, you know, you're going to be, you're going to have some more money is going to change that. All right. So, Big final question for you. Well, before we get to the silly ones um, and shout outs, but uh, uh, future of Husky athletics and Husky football. Uh, do you think that they get brought into the big 10 or some other conference or go completely independent? What are your thoughts? I'll let you go first, Kath. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll let you go first. That's a tough question. <laughs> um, that's a tough question. You know, a, a shout out to Jen Cohen and her navigating what has just been a crazy couple of years in college sports, and um, you know, and finding Coach DeBoer for our football team and all of that. It's uh, I'm at a loss as to why we would want to go into the Big Ten. I mean, if we look at USC and UCLA, those kids are going to have to travel every other week either Penn State or Michigan. And, you know, I mean, my father lives in South Carolina, not far from where Don is right now. You're, and that's a, that's a hoof. And if you're tired and you've competed and you've got, you know, grades and classes and everything else to say nothing of the expense imposed on your family if they want to go and watch, I don't see how that's advantageous. Uh, I kind of like what I'm seeing right now. And yeah. You know, I mean, Coach Prime in Colorado's talking a big game, so let's see what happens there. <laughs> That'd be kind of yeah. He brought see. he he brought he did bring a lot of juice to the Pac Pac twelve, huh? Yes, and, he did. And um, yeah, and that, and that that is a tough question. I don't know. 
you know, how, how, how Jan and the crew, are, how, how they, you know, I know they vetted this thing because, you know, they're going to prob probably going to have opportunities. There's going to be a lot of money being thrown at, at, at UW and some decisions going to have to be made, you know, um, but, um, you know, you know, I'm sure they're going to do what's best for the university, but, 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 you know, Kat is right. I mean, it's just so hard to imagine, you know, especially living in, in the state of, you know, in Washington, you know, and, you know, the far end of the country having to travel to, to the East Coast like that every other week. That's got to be tough on the, on, the, on the kids, you know, and I, I hate yeah. to see the USC and UCLA, you know, I think, you know, I, I was just totally shocked that they made that move. Yeah. But it, it got to be, but it got to be something in order to do that. It got to be something that, you know, out of the ordinary offer they can't refuse, but I hope in some way that, that they can keep the, um, the conference together. But, but if, like, but if people keep leaving, I mean, you know, you might have to, you may, ha may not have a choice. You know, I mean, well, San Diego, what is it? San Diego and SMU are coming in. That was what I was reading today. Yeah. Oh, really? That's okay. the latest. Uh, but I mean, does San, Diego, that... San Diego state then? Yeah, yeah. The Pac-12 yeah. got to step up to the plate. You know, I mean, yeah. commissioner, they got to step it up. They got to, they got to, they got to do their jobs and you know, and, and make, um, you know, bring more money to the conference and bring bigger deals to the conference. So, so you know, and you know, they got to, they got to get creative and, and, to, and to keep, to keep every, to keep this conference in place, or it's going to wind up being, you know, being a, being a hist ancient history. <laughs> what, what are the revenue streams that they're not tapped into? Like there's got to be something now outside of the box that they're they're not looking at. Do you guys have any ideas? I haven't spent a whole lot of time thinking about that. To be okay. Honest. <laughs> well, I'll I'll will just say one is that their their deal with with ESPN, which in spite of ESPN's problems, if you will, like they've they've cut costs and been worried about their contracts for a long time, like the last four or five years. Um, ESPN is still a king of of sports really like as far as broadcast sports and uh the pac-12's deals with espn have not been great over the the i don't know the last 15 years uh, the the larry scott legacy does not has not served us well i guess is the the best way to put that so um i just think better negotiation like pointing out things that like uh, as an as an attorney you would you would know this doing appellate work that the uh, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals territory has something like thirty seven percent of the United States population, and, and to say nothing of the land mass, right? Land yeah. mass, population, money. You know, um, yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot of uh, a lot of wealth, especially in say Silicon Valley, um, Los Angeles area. That I think that the, the Pac twelve could really tap into as. Uh, Make it a make it a West Coast, make it a Western U.S. thing. Um, maybe we become more insular. I I go, go I go the opposite. The East Coast. I go the opposite way. I say you know, now you're talking about the Silicon Valley. You can also just go down the street, take a look at Amazon, go Amazon Prime, go Twitter. You know, go. Yeah, why do we have to leave Washington or Seattle for that money? Yeah, we go don't. go streaming. You know, just just decide. You know what? Forget forget this. We're we'll be on everybody's. You know, Amazon Prime throughout the entire world. And then Richard Sherman can be yeah. hosting it, right? I would, yes. Yes, that would be amazing. That would be perfect. <laughs> he could be the yeah, voice, we got, I mean, voice of the I new Pac 10. Yeah, we got enough resources. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, you know, you got the best universities in the country. You know, you got Stanford, you know, you got, 
I mean, look at Phil Knight down in Oregon. I mean, I mean, you know, we got you know, all the all the rich alums, you know, at these distinguished universities. You know, they. I mean, it got to be something that we can do, you know, to be able to keep every, keep the Pac-12 together. I mean, you just got to think outside the box and make it happen. Agreed. All right, guys. I want to. We're getting towards the end of the show here, uh, and I want to do shout outs. Before we do shout outs, I like uh, I'd like you guys to pump any social media or. Uh, you know, you especially cat with your with your foundation, the website, and hey, where can people get? Hey, a- could I could I ask him a silly question first? There's always time little, for silly questions. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, guys, we got so we got one silly I, question going your way. I'm a huge uh, soccer fan, huge Sounders fan, and they just launched their Bruce Lee uh, jersey yesterday. Uh, the one previous two years previously was a Jimi Hendrix jersey. It may or may not be fans that. But I was going to ask you, it just got me thinking about music and the Seattle scene. Would you guys share with us your favorite Seattle-based band or musician? Kumo D. <laughs> nice. I mean, that's the, that's, that's the first thing that came into my mind. That's That, that was my buddy's Greg Lewis guy. Greg Lewis is my roommate. And that's all, the rapper um, from Seattle. Um, I think it's Kumo. I think that's how he says his name. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. <laughs> uh, well, I was I was raised in Eastern Washington, so I am a natural born headbanger. So that's got to be hard. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, um, Don. Where where can people find you? Where can they find me? Oh well, um, you know my my, my Twitter is. Um, at D Jones nine eight zero, and um, also I, I also am a YouTuber as well. Uh, my YouTube channel is called Under the Radar Sports Media. Um, and and um, please go and check out check out my videos and and um, like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> smash um, smash that bell or what do they call it these days? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Bring that bell. If you like football, you enjoy the channel. <laughs> And Kat, uh, tell us a little more about your website and where people can find you. So we have, it's the 1861nil.org website. You can go on there and see some of the events we did last summer, like Devin's Camp, but I'm wrapping here tonight. Um, and there's also the dogderby.com where you can sign up. We'd love to have come fish with us. Come tell us a fish tale. Um, I am on, there's Twitter, which is the 1861nil foundation and the handle there is at um, nil husky that used to be husky football nil i just changed the name of the account and i am on um, twitter as well as katherine cat clark at uh, cat clark i think it's 777 is my handle fantastic and i also run something called ewa dogs which is for eastern washington dogs where we can out there and represent <laughs> nice all right great uh let's go ahead and get to shout outs here i'm going to start the shout outs with the seattle sea dragon brian solak and i are going to be down there at their games and also for the seattle uh kraken uh not this sunday but the next sunday we are going to be in the booth well brian will be in the booth i'll be freezing down there somewhere near the ice uh over to you rich um yeah i'm just gonna uh give a shout out um the Sounders doing a great job of, of pulling in local culture um, into their um, their marketing and their, their program and, you know, learning about Seattle icons. And um, hopefully we can get, get them to, to 
do someone that's a, a UW alumnus sometime soon. So, excellent. Uh, let's go to you, Don. I'm sorry, it went went out on me for a little bit. Oh, that's okay. Who would you like to give a shout out to? A person in your life, or uh, some people in your life? Uh, who would you like to send some positive vibes to? Hey, I just like to just send positive vibes to. Um, to the, to the UW family out in Seattle, because I miss you guys, and, and I had some great memories up there, and and, um, and I'm excited about the um, the prospects of Husky football with, with the new coach, Coach DeBoy, what he's doing is I think is phenomenal, and I look forward to getting up there and, and visit soon. Awesome. Kat, we'll give you the last shout-out. Well, I'm going to go back to swimming and give a shout-out to an entity called Splash Forward. Their website is splashforward.org. They are partnering with the city of Bellevue to build a right proper swimming natatorium in Bellevue. Construction maybe next year, I think, starts. Check them out. That is going to be a glorious pool, an absolutely glorious thing. Fantastic. Well, thank you once again to Donald Jones, former former Husky player on the 91 championship football team. And thank you to Kat, the director for uh 1861 nil foundation and on behalf of richard a michaelson the ram and myself abraham Dweese for the seattle sports union we'll see you guys next time thanks guys yeah